Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to Cincinnati Live! Yes, we've decided to get out of the sewing room, the cramped environment of the sewing room, to take Cincinnati on the road. And to a cramped know, pub. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and if, uh, if you, oh well, you might have guessed that we're in a room full of Bengals fans here at the Britain's Protection Pub for the Bengals UK Draft Weekend meetup. Uh, and as ever, my partner in crime, the prawn to my cocktail, <laughs> the pickles to my egg, the cock. I got a minute. To my knee. Uh, it's Nathan Palmer is here alongside me, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's not every week I'm going to get a clapped introduction, so I'm going to take it this week. Thank you guys so much for coming out. It's unreal to do this with a pint in my hand in the Britain's protection, so thank you. And uh, next to Nathan is Jamie Rowe. Give it up for Jamie, everyone. Now, this is the 14th episode of Cincinnati. Uh, and it isn't going to be like your usual episode of the podcast, uh, which is basically two blokes drinking beer in a <laughs> weird, dark room in North London. No, this episode is going to feature all kinds of japes and hilarity, including some audience participation. Um, so let's get started. Can I get a who day, ladies and gentlemen? Who There we go. Very good. Uh, now, uh, before we get on to the fun and games, we have... Obviously, a lot to talk about. We're in the middle of draft weekend. Um, the Bengals' first round pick wasn't Lamar Jackson. It wasn't Frag Rag. Fra- frag? <laughs> frag Rag now. You can't uh, really do your outtakes here. The, the thing is, in the, pod- in the podcast, Paul does so many outtakes and it does my edit because of the rhythm. But he's live now. You've got to just go for it, son. How do you feel? Um, I feel as though that <laughs> this might take some editing when I get back to By the Cleveland or home. The That's right, yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't Lamar Jack- Jackson, it wasn't Frank Ragnow, it wasn't James Daniels, it wasn't Rashawn Evans, and it wasn't even Nathan Palmer, although he There's probably liked to, to go there. Um, it was Billy Price. So let's let's talk about that. Um, well, let's get a, let's get a, a cheer. How, who was down with the whole Billy Price? Um, pick for 21 in the first round was there's some nods if yeah, it, let, yeah, let's yeah, hear you yeah, let's yeah. Uh, what's, uh, there's a bit of rumbling <laughs> I don't know whether he's hungry or not but um, there's uh, some noise there there's yeah, some noise there I mean I think overall it was a positive pick right Nathan what do you think about it I, I think it was a good pick and it fit, uh, fits an obvious need I think we uh, potentially pigeonholed ourselves a bit into having to take a centre and I never think that's a good position to be in I think you always rather take the best player available and see what you know value is there I think Billy Price is a good pick I think it fits a need but we Ragnow would have felt like the sexier pick I think um, but I think Ragnow if um, Billy Price is healthy and the pec injury is not a problem, then I think it's a good pick. And I'm, I'm excited. And we have to have a centre. We don't have a centre other than TJ Johnson on the roster. We need someone, ideally in the first round. We got that person. I'm like just about fine with it, I think. Okay. Um, I should ask the crowd here at the Britain's Protection. We've got the draft on at the telly. So if some miraculous reason the Bengals <laughs> are on the clock, just shout on the clock, okay? Um, uh, Jamie, you were an advocate of the double dip. That's not a euphemism for anything. No. But um, what in the it offensive? Really <laughs> 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 I should know. I live here. Um, but you, you were pushing hard for. Anyway, I stop that line of questioning. But you, you were all up for. Oh my God! You were uh, an advocate of the. You wanted like offensive line, offensive line, yeah. right? So how are you feeling with Billy Price? It's all gone very Sid James, hasn't it? It is. All yeah. matron. Um, I, I, was, I, mean, I was perfectly happy with Billy Price. Uh, the ideal situation would have been um, if Ragnar was there, take Ragnar. If if sort of they, they were motivated to take Daniels, take Daniels. But Price is a perfectly decent player. Um, for me, if they'd have traded up yeah. and got back into the end of the first round or at the start of the second round and got another lineman, that would have been the, the perfect scenario. But obviously... The, the teams that were there didn't want to do it. I think that's a good point as well, because I think if you were to like 
we've got 11 picks and we've talked here tonight about 11 picks probably being too many and you're not going to get those guys onto the roster. If you package a few of those up, you get up into the top of the second and you get a Will Hernandez or someone like that, just give your line an extra piece. I just feel like we're going to get these 11 guys, we're going to get excited about 11 guys, but 11 guys aren't going to make the roster, plus the undrafted guys. It just feels a little bit much. And I hope that I'm going to look at the TV and it's going to say, you know, Bengals trading up. We maybe, you know, put a few picks together. But at this point, it feels like kind of a bit too late. But uh, On the car, uh, on the journey up in the car to Manchester, you weren't that enthusiastic about the, the Bengals draft so far, were you? Is that fair to say? I just think it's it's fine. And I think it's easy when you have a draft and, you know, you draft players to be naturally like overexcited with it because you've looked at the highlight reels you've read the good comments about it and you naturally have that sort of enthusiasm around draft time but a lot of the time to me it's like a fine draft like Billy Price I don't think is good value I never saw Billy Price in any mock drafts going any higher than 21 there was a few people like Dave Lapham that said you know this guy's started a lot of games he's a you know he's a gamer he's, he's gonna get on with it I just felt like we had to take a center we did you know Jesse Bates in the second round yeah like good it's just nothing sexy i think it's fine yeah i think you're right but, uh, the, the, the trouble is that um the bengals such was the need for a center um i think they might have maybe not panicked after frank ragnar was taken by detroit they kind of thought well we can't hang around obviously james daniels dropped quite considerably mm. so you wonder about whether something was happening with him uh health wise or something that we don't know about but they, you know, they, they obviously wanted a centre so badly. And I think Billy Price is a really, really solid pick. Well, and the, the problem for the Bengals is, say you don't take Billy Price, or say Billy Price miraculously had gone, if you don't take a centre, what are you going to do about the centre position? Because there's not many good free agents out there that could come in and start. So you're kind of positioned as to where you have to take someone. And I think... You know, that's a problem that you never want to be in as a franchise where you're backed into a bit of a corner. You've yeah. got no one on the roster. There's no great free agents out there. You, you kind of have to do something. So, so to me, that was what, my problem with that situation. So, Jamie, do you think with that in mind, was Billy Price a bit of a reach? Because a lot of people had him in the second round. Do you actually care about the whole value thing when you've got a need so glaring? Glaring. Mm. A centre. I mean, in in most drafts, it, it's all a matter of opinion, and it's not an obvious reach. Some people had Billy Price, sort of eighteen, nineteen. Quite a lot of people had him, probably top of the second. He's a decent player that will fill a need. I'm not going to kind of cry over the fact that we've slightly um, gone in and reached for him. You know. If he starts for for five six years, maybe seven eight, then he's done the job. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do we think about Lamar Jackson? Because Bengals fans got well, certainly on on social media got quite uh, excited about the prospect of the Bengals bringing in Lamar Jackson. I know Jamie that you were you're like yeah, let's do it. Let's if he's mm. there, let's let's have him in. What were you disappointed or were you? Did you see? Was there a real opportunity to get a playmaker that would arguably change the course of the franchise there? I mean, you're kind of looking at uh, the difference between dreams and reality there. And you can always live what in your... What kind of dreams do you have? Um, I, had a really, I had a really good dream like two days ago, like I bought a Jeep. <laughs> you bought a Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about pancakes. I bought a Jeep. Everything was perfect in the world. Uh, the Bengals had drafted Lamar Jackson and sort of Dalton was on his way out of town. You know, the Bengals aren't going to do that. They're, they're not going to make the, the big crazy moves. Hmm. They're a very conservative organisation, so we knew what was coming. Yeah. But it's okay to kind of go out there and say that would have been quite nice, but not in the aftermath go, you know, it's the worst thing in the world that they haven't done it. Yeah, uh, what about you, Nathan? Were you were you into the idea of the Bengals drafting a QB in the first round? That would have been a bit crazy, wouldn't it? No, I, I don't think so. I think the Bengals, I mean, I'm a bit of an Andy Dalton, um, I wouldn't say a huge fan, but I think he gives us some consistency and you know what you're getting out of him. I think a Lamar Jackson, you know, it, it just creates a problem that you don't have. 
Like, you don't... Dalton is, like, a probably slightly above-average quarterback. He's probably 12th to 14th ranked, that kind of area. If you give him the weapons, like a Joe Flacco can attest to, you can win a Super Bowl. So I think we need to focus on filling those areas, giving him an offensive line that he can work with, rather than saying, actually, let's go and find a rookie that we have no idea. And he, what is he, the fourth, fifth quarterback taken, Lamar Jackson? So there's four guys that year that we've, you know, have been taken before him... There's a lot of flaws in his game. I know he's an exciting player and people are probably like turned on by the fact, you know, he's fast, he's got a big arm, he's a good guy. But ultimately, fill the needs that you have on the offensive line which, and then go from there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Rafael Nadal's got a big arm as well, isn't he? Did you ever notice what? that about Rafael Nadal? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's got that's, one that's from arm left field. like massive, and the other one is like really, it's like almost like a Popeye arm. And where, then, where is this come from? I don't know. It's just uh, random. I mean, have have you ever noticed any other people have big arms? Well, not just <laughs> disproportionately big arm. No, but uh, I'm going to look out for them now. Frankly, oh, yeah. um, I don't know. I've got short them. arms, but um, <laughs> um, right, okay. Um, the beauty of coming out to a live event like this is that you get to meet fans that you only converse with on social media. And um, one of the first uh, questions that someone asked me that I'd never met was a question about Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's gone quiet on the Betsy front for a long time. Nathan, do you just, if people don't know who Betsy is, would you like to... So- the first recap. episode of this podcast we ever did, we we're all dead professional. We we're a bit nervous. We sat there in Paul's sewing room. And I'm sat there, like, you know, doing my best, delivering, like I am now, talking out to the crowd. I, I, I caught on my eye, the geezer's on his laptop. And he's on, what's, what's he, plenty okay, of fish. Okay, okay Cupid. <laughs> and he's got like a message back from some bird called Betsy. And I just thought it was the height of inappropriateness because he sat there and said to me, make sure you don't swear to me. I was like, be a pro, like, do this. Don't like, you know, we'll make signals if we need to ask questions. All this. And the geezers chirps in some bird on, the, you know, I didn't okay. Chir- <laughs> I didn't chirp anyway. Anyway, we, we talked. chirped Now, me. Let, let me be clear. This is X-rated at this point. Oh, I got told after four podcasts, cut the Betsy thing off, mate. <laughs> cut it off. I got told, like, you know, this is not a go. I don't think people like it. I was like, mate, I think they do. And he was like, he was like, cut it out of the podcast. Like, we don't need to be doing it. So I was like, all right, fine. But it's clearly the fans love it. The fans love it, but unfortunately, well, I don't think she did. No, <laughs> she dropped down my draft boards considerably. Oh. No, no, it's fine. He's we cut this out. I promise yeah, yeah. you. We won't. It was just one of those unfortunate things that you know what? If anyone has anybody done online dating here? <laughs> no, no one's. We're, we're, we're the character concerts. Uh, well, you know that it's you know, especially with Grinder, I find oh. that um, <laughs> no, terrible. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's it's. it's it's great being matched with someone, but actually trying to get to meet someone is is a kind of a whole new you, you look world like of Andy Dalton on the podium after a thirty seven nil loss. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> You're like desperately trying to come up with the answers at this point. You got your headphones on and you've got the mic in front of you and there's an audience and I yeah. feel like you look the same right there. So well, you, let, you're still there like you know, so sometimes we just got to do a bit better. But, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. The scheme wasn't great, and you know, and no, I'm, I'm sorry to say that Betsy, uh, it just didn't happen. So that hopefully that I was going to say puts Betsy to bed, but that would be uh, an inappropriate uh, phrase to use. Um, the other thing that people have moving swiftly on, obviously, um, is um, people have asked about the cat. Now, Nathan, do you want to fill people in about the cat? Um, yeah, well, so, I mean, the worst was Ken Anderson podcast, wasn't it? That was the yeah. one that really kind of hurt us. Ken Anderson's on the podcast, you know, we're absolutely nervous as anything. He's it's on. a big deal, right? It's, it's a like big deal. Ken and, like, Anderson. We're in Paul's sewing room, we've got the gear set up, it looks all good. And, like, Ken's on and he's talking and it's all flowing quite nicely. And the cat starts chirping out. And we're like, it'd be fine. Like, just, we'll edit it out. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. And then all of a sudden, like, we're just like, no, we can't carry on, can we? We're just like, we can't carry on with this. So Paul gets up to go and deal with a cat. I've got no questions lined up for the geezer. He stops talking, and it was literally one of the most awkward moments. Paul knocks the cables out. It's just all a complete disaster. And the cat only ever does it on interviews. He, he does, He done it again yeah, yeah, on, the, on the Jim Azarski interview. Yeah. It's just... 
it's a complete nightmare. But when um, we put out on the Twitter, um, we asked who people wanted El, El, El Twitterero, El Twitterero, who who wanted to uh, who we wanted to draft like on the draft day. Who do you want to draft? So uh, Tom McDowell stated, "I want I want Paul's cat at 21." <laughs> it turns it turns up when it matters. <laughs> yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. yeah. Clutch. Yeah. Clutch performer. So basically, in Quill, who's that's the name of the cat, uh, Quill's name, not very, my choice. Very middle class like, cat. Very middle class cat. Yeah, it's like it could have been Eat called. Hum- it could have been called like hummus or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so in in honour of Quill, can we get a meow from the audience, please? There we go. It's like it's all. He's almost here with us today, isn't he? Um, <laughs> First right. time a live audience has done a cat impression. <laughs> yes, that's right. In any podcast, apart from a you know, a cat loving podcast. Um, right. So we've got to go through these picks. We're in the middle. I think we're. Let me just look at the screen. What are we? Six Round six. So the Bengals haven't got a, a pick in the six. So let's just run real quick through the um, picks that the Bengals have made. In the second round, we picked Jesse Bates, the safety. Um, yay or nay from you guys? Yeah, it's a solid pick. I think it fills a need again. Um, again, not the sexiest pick, not a great value, but a solid, good player that we need at a position that I think the Bengals have been coveting for a while. I think he seems fine, but um, there, there's there's concerns about him being able to come up and, and tackle running backs. He seems a bit sort of soft in the tackle, but apart from that, he's decent cover corner. He's got good range. Um, he's got, just like he's my, got return my skills. You sound like just like my man. Is he a good kid? Uh, <laughs> he's a Danny? good kid. He's Is a good he? kid. Is he a good kid? Right. In the third round, we had two picks. We had Sam Hubbard, the defensive end from Ohio State, and Malik Jefferson, the athletic linebacker or linebacker. Um, again, yay or nay? Sam Hubbard is amazing value. I think Sam Hubbard is probably. I mean, a lot of people were talking about him going in the first round. So I think for us to get him in the third. Um, is a great pick. Malik Jefferson, I think, looks like a good player. Though. I think there was concerns about his effort levels, whether he had that passion for the game. And, you know, that stuff gets thrown around. I think Michael Johnson had the exact same stuff said about oh, him coming MJ. out, about his work <laughs> ethic and about if he did anything. <laughs> I think he's proven over the years to be, uh, you know, a dependable starter. So I think the third round was good. I think trading back, in the, um, trading back to get that extra... Uh, you know, the higher up pick in the third was good. So, yeah, pretty good round there. Yeah, and um, I, I mean, with Sam Hubbard, I think uh, Paul's going to have to find someone else to crush over because he's into directly replace what Michael Johnson. What are you yeah, saying, Jamie? He's, he's a big, tall, strong man. And, you know, so is that's, that's what you want from a defensive end. Michael uh, Johnson could get cut off that. Oh, man. Mm. He could. He's oh. too expensive. Too expensive. He's not good enough. Not good enough. He's like Nathan Palm. How t- <laughs> <laughs> Just too expensive and not good enough. I'll okay, the story of my life, that's for sure. Um, right, um, so I, I think we addressed some needs there because, as you say, MJ is sadly coming to the end of the road. Chris Smith has gone in free agency. Jordan Willis is coming into his second year, so he's got to step up. But we do need some rotational depth on that on that D-line, right? That, that That's for sure. And what? Sam Hubbard seems to be... Good value. If Sam Hubbard works out, like you said, Jordan Willis, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. You've got Jordan Willis, Sam Hubbard, and then you've got, um, what's the guy's name? The the guy last year that we drafted. Jordan Willis. Kyle Kyle Lawson. Kyle Lawson. An amazing young trio of edge rushers that could potentially be, you know, the franchise (coughs) rushers for a long time. So for me, you're getting young in a good position, and that's where we need to be strong as a defensive line. Absolutely. And Malik Jefferson, you know, I'm a big advocate of beefing up the linebacking core because I don't think we've ever addressed that properly. And Malik, Malik Jefferson, you know, as people who've listened to this podcast, I've, I had a draft crush on Darius Leonard, but he went quite early. So we've got Malik Jefferson, who's supposed to be a really good athletic linebacker, and I think he'll kind of compete with Nick Vigil uh, and Jordan Evans. Yes. Yes, thank you. I keep getting them, the Jordans mixed up. So, um, I, especially with Vontaze out, right? We need mm. we need some, some bodies back. I mean, there. aside from Vontaze, the Bengals linebackers are pretty much all terrible. Yeah. Um, Vigil's... <laughs> Vigil is, is one-dimensional. But did you cover. see his hair? 
I've not seen Vigil's hair. What's going on with Vigil's hair? Well, Please I, tell I, me, Paul. I read. Um, well, I didn't read. I, I, there was a little video on uh, Bengals.com where they talk about you know like draft day experiences, and this dude walks into shot with like the biggest curliest white man afro that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it's like he's amazing. Uh, so yeah, I want him to succeed purely because of his hair. I think you can um, rock that, Paul. That's no, good. no, no, I couldn't. No, I'm, I'm, no, no, I couldn't. Um, unless I wore a wig, would be would be faintly one. ridiculous, to just be honest with you. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, Nathan. I, mean, um, see, I, I have to say because you're now up in the north, um, it yes. is very Wayne Rooney, the uh, the <laughs> hair. What pre or post hair transplant? Like, kind sort of, of in the middle. Through. In the halfway middle. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. I don't know which way to go with this. I order. Shave it all off. Anyway, whatever. Don't shave not, it it's not about my hair, this podcast, uh, or lack of it. Um, now, the uh, fourth round, the Bengals threw a bit of a curveball or picked a bit of a curveball. They went with Mark Walton, the running back. Um, I think I think running back was kind of mocked later in, in the draft, but they obviously like this dude and apparently can play special teams, which the Bengals are big on. Mm. Um, and we need some depth behind Gio and uh, your boy Mixon. So what's what's the initial thoughts about Mark Walton in the fourth round? I think it signifies that Pierman isn't coming back. That's the first thing I would say is that I think it's a shame for us that he's not coming back because he's a great special teams player. But I think he's not coming back and it fills a need because Jeremy Hill's moved on. You've got to groom someone behind Gio and Mixon. So... You know, fourth round is a fourth round. It's not the first or the second. I'm comfortable enough with that. I mean, he's kind of an, an inexplicable pick for me. There's no real need for us to have gone for another running back, and, and specifically another running back who is kind of a scat back, kind of a, a speed guy when we've got Giovanni Bernard who's already going to do that job. What we really needed, if we were going to go with a running back, was was a thumper, someone like uh, Jalen Samuels, who's gone to the Steelers, mm. um, someone who you can go. We're two yards out from the goal line. We're going to give it to you, and you're going to get in that end zone. Um, but I don't see Mark Walton as that option. But who's our third running back if you don't draft him? If you don't draft him, third running back. Oof. It's, it's not a great choice. It's a probably, type yeah, of probably pro. Trey so you, Carson. Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, that would no. worry me. Okay, we're going to talk about the last couple of draft picks in a minute, but we we mentioned that um, there's going to be some audience participation, and we've got to give thanks to uh, Matt Cattrall in the front row there. He's waving hello, everybody, uh, who collected these pictures. The, we've got some autographed, uh, what do you call them, pictures? Hmm? That's yeah. what they are, yeah. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of a brain moment there. Um yeah, uh, I believe Tom McDowell had some Tom hand Mc- in that. Yeah. Tom McDowell was the man. He is the Indiana Jones of autograph <laughs> Bengals autograph hunters. He is an absolute monster. He will go to the nth degree to get autograph. Well, maybe not the nth degree, um, but um, he is an amazing guy. So, th- Tom, thank you. We've got three signed photos of Vincent Ray, Dave Lapham. There we go. And unbelievably, Boomer Assassin. So um, we are going to play a little bit of a game. Um, let me. I've got some music to play as <laughs> per God usual. Got the music. Um, <laughs> so we are going to play our very. Uh, Will's Will James in the front row is grimacing like this is like the worst thing in the world. Um, we're going to play our very own version of the Price Is Right. Solo clap from Nathan. Three claps, that's all I deserve. <laughs> Paul was selling me this, this to be in the car, so I'm Well, yes, in deference to Billy Price, our first. Let me just gloss over it. Why, why, uh, why didn't you go for the Bruce's Price is Right theme? At least that had a theme tune. Well, I didn't want to play too much because obviously it's the reaction from the audience. If, if, anything, <laughs> if anything defines our podcast, it's too much theme tune. That is very true. Although, uh, easy, easy. So, um, let's let's pick some people. Who are we going to pick? Phil Hatton. Come go on, on down. down. Phil Hatton, let's go. You've got to come up. Um... Ollie Iverson, come on down. Uh, Scott Gibb, come on down. Come on. Here we go. Right, we'll go for the Dave Lapham uh, autograph Ooh. first. Okay, 
Here's a question for you. How much currently is a Bengals colour rush jersey worth on the NFL website at the moment? Phil, we're going to go to you first. Yes. Phil, what do you think? Pounds or or dollars? In dollars. Speak into the mic if you wouldn't mind. $70. Okay. Phil Hatton has gone with $70 for the Bengals colour rush uniform. Scott, what are you saying? I'm going to do 30 bucks. 30 bucks? Ollie, 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 what are you saying? Take take advice from the crowd. Crowd, what are you saying here? Definitely higher. No, you've got to say a figure, my man. 85. $85. To be honest, I think it's higher than all three of you. Paul, reveal well, the price. The price is a colorist jersey currently on the NFL uh, website is seventy nine ninety nine. Oh, he it won goes it. to Ollie. No, 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 Ollie. no, no, no. He, he's won it. Yeah, he but won. I thought it was like the nearest oh, to the price. No. Oh, oh, right. oh, okay. You can't be over. Oh. Sorry, Ollie. Phil. <laughs> Obviously, the. Phil, congratulations. <laughs> Right. What I'm intrigued about here is that, that Paul sort of set up a, a game without actually knowing the rules. Yes, exactly. But that's not unusual, to be honest. With you. Round two. Jack Lewis, come on down. Let's go, Jack. Martin Rogers, come on down. And Will James, come on down. If you get Will's wearing a boot on his ankle, so you know, take your time, son. That's right. So the next question. On Expedia, a return flight to Cincinnati is currently worth. And the dates are, it might give you a a bit of a a shout here, um, is the 8th of September, pretty much the opening day weekend, and flying back on the 15th of September. It's a good question, this one. From London. Jack, what are you saying? So is this in pounds? In dollars. In dollars. $450. $450. Okay. So we've got $450 from Jack. Jack's lost. Um, <laughs> Will, <laughs> Will, what are you saying? Speak to the microphone if you would. $800. Oh, I know. Oh, I like that. I, li- I like $800. Oh, I like $800. Martin. I like $800. What are you saying? No, I got higher. Uh, Billy present, right? Six fifty. Ooh. Will James, you are the winner. It's eight hundred and forty-nine. Yeah, I told you, eight hundred is a good one there. Eight hundred is what I'm talking about. What he wins role. a signed photograph of Vinnie Ray. That's actually quite cheap. I might get in on that. Eight hundred and forty-nine dollars. You kidding? It's like seven hundred quid. Right. Okay. Our last. Our last round of this exciting new quiz show format, which I'll be pitching to ITV in the next couple of months. Who, who hasn't, who hasn't been here? Matt Moon, come on Matt down! <laughs> Peter, come on down. And who hasn't been up yet? Victoria, Victoria, come on. Victoria, Victoria, we uh, must be uh, full diligence. There's a Packers fan, and Victoria is a Packers fan here. (laughs) Now, this is for the biggest prize of the night, which is a signed Boomer Esiason Uh, photograph. Now, this is the final round, which I know everyone's. We did try to get a signed photograph from Nathan Palmer, but his his (laughs) agent uh, complained about image rights and charged too much. Um, So, guys, this is the question: If you were going to go out for a gold star chili in Cincinnati, right? And the the uh, the menu consists of a three-way chili, you know all that stuff they have yeah. on spaghetti oh. and loads of like Donald Trump hair cheese oh. and um, cheese fries, <laughs> ras- a slice of lovely raspberry cheesecake Ooh. and a Coke or any other sort of fizzy beverages are available. Um, how much would that cost? Well, it would cost you a sort of gastrointestinal fortitude. Well, yeah, apart from your health, what would it cost? Um, who wants to start? Peter's going to start. What you he got? Go and say, it's a three-course gourmet meal here, From Peter. Perhaps Michelin starred. How much Skyline chili? $41. $41? Oh. Peter, are you sure? Yeah, are you Victoria, what? He doesn't want the right. Boomer card. He doesn't like Do you want to go first? Go on, then. 11 bucks. She's heard. 11 bucks. Okay, well, 11 say bucks, that again yeah. into the mouth. 11 bucks. 11 bucks. Okay. okay, Matt, what are you saying? $25. $25? Oh, you guys, guys rate this chilling. I have to say, Victoria's in with a shout here. Yeah. Um, the actual. 
price of a three-course Michelin-starred meal in Cincinnati uh, with fizzy beverage is $12.63. The irony of this is that a Packers fan has won the signed photograph of Boomerus Eisen. That's a massive win, that. Better than Aaron Rodgers. And apologies to Goldstar, who might be a future sponsor of our podcast. I I, I won't have him. You wouldn't have him. Well, Well, um, that was our exciting new game show format, never to be repeated. Uh, The Price is Right, in deference to our first round pick, Billy Price. So thank you for playing the audience. Let's have a Who Day. Who Day! Very good. Um, well, let's finish this off. We've got a couple of. Uh, we're not on the clock yet, are we? What are we looking no, at? No, no, we've got we're still ages, way, ages. We're still not into round seven yet. We're into round six because obviously the Bengals don't have a six round pick. Um, but in the fifth round, we had two picks Andrew Brown, the defensive tackle, which I'd heard mentioned quite a lot. Jamie, do you, what do you think? They were obviously after I'm, I'm, I'm a not bit, gonna, of, bit yeah. of beef on the defensive line, early doors, but um, they haven't gone early doors beef they've gone late doors beef if that makes okay, sense okay um I, i'll try and sort of render it into some kind of sense um <laughs> to to be honest i i'm not going to pretend to know much about the the picks on the third day but no. we're getting rid of pat sims i i assume he's either off the roster or about to be off the roster um andrew brown is basically your new pat sims just uh, quite a lot smaller and yes. a bit more possibly able to play football well, that's controversial. Nathan? I'd like to see a kick at some point. I think the two picks fill the needs again. I think the Bengals done a good job at filling needs, which is what they need. to do. I did miss out a pick, actually, before Andrew Brown. Typical me. The, the three five-round picks. Oh, Let's God, do it. cornerbacks. Devontae Harris, cornerback. Mm. Andrew Brown, defensive tackle. And Darius Phillips, uh, cornerback. So that's kind of quite interesting. Though. Although Darius Phillips is supposed to be more of a return dude, right? So... Um, I think I think maybe the shot for a lot of people is, and perhaps even the disappointment, is that they haven't gone offensive line since that first round. Um, I know a lot of people wanted to really, truly fix the offensive line, um, and yet, you know, it's looking like a Glenn, Bowling, Price, Westerman, Fisher offensive line at the moment are you how do you feel about that I think they think they've got the people on the roster I think they're going to invest some time in Westerman maybe Trey Hopkins maybe move a Boehe to guard I think that that's their way of saying we've got bodies on the roster and that we need to find that position at guard and because I think if you leave it to the sort of seventh round that guy's not going to be a starter so unless they've got plans of free agency I think they're looking at it and saying maybe Alex Redmond steps up maybe someone like that moves forward um, it is surprising though because I think we do need more talent still on the offensive line Jamie for someone who was really really into the idea of you know, drafting two offensive linemen at least in the first, say, three mm. rounds. I think that's fair, isn't it? You were really up for that. Yeah, yeah. To see just Billy Price picked. I, are you? How do you feel? I'm Price. Price gets rid of the uh, worst um, position for us. So we needed a centre. As you said, we're going in with T.J. Johnson there, and he wasn't apparently good enough to beat out Russell Bodine. And honestly, I, I can't see how that figures with being an NFL player in its own right. Um, in terms of the guard and the tackle, if Westerman's fine and if Fisher is fine, then that's fine. But honestly, I would have expected and wanted better. thing is, you're actually kind of okay. Because if you go left to right, you've got Cordy Glenn, who everyone will be happy about at left tackle. Left guard, Clint Bowling, great. Center, you've got Billy Price, great. Then you've got the hole at right guard. That's the problem that you've got. Mm. Right tackle, as long as... But is it a hole, though? They've got Redmond and Westerman. Well, this is what I mean. So right tackle, you've got Fisher, if he's okay medically. So it's kind of like, all we really need is that right guard position. And again, you've got bodies. You have got a boy here. Maybe you reposition him. You've got Redmond. You've got Westerman. You've got potentially someone they'll pick up in, you know, undrafted free agency or in the last round. Surely one of those guys with Frank Pollock, maybe they can develop someone and, you know, plug them in. Maybe they make another trade. I don't think it's absolutely awful um no i mean there was a guy um that that joe goodbury was uh going on about going into day three who was terrell crosby yeah and he was saying that that he looks uh 
a decent right guard and maybe thank you very much uh matt cattrall matt cattrall uh, just sort of for for the benefit of those listening has just handed me a pint of beer um he's he's a star <laughs> but um but i mean goodbury was 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 talking about taking terrell crosby i would have been on that bandwagon mm. um i i think you can probably find value at that right tackle right guard spot yeah yeah uh, uh terrell Cros- crosby's gone right yeah, he's yeah, gone. Yeah, he's yeah. gone now. Okay, it's over. So we're going to be hitting the seventh round, and as you say, it's kind of you know it's it's difficult to find starters in the seventh round unless you're extremely lucky. Um, uh, we're looking at a kicker. We're looking at quarterback. I definitely think I don't think Eddie Pinheiro's got. I'm looking out like with my gazed eyes, hoping Pinheiro is he still available. I think he would no, definitely no, be worth no, a seventh no, round no, pick no, to no. bring him in, see what happens. Um, I think a kicker, the, uh, the kicker from Auburn, I know is gone, um, who I think a lot of people said was probably the number one kicker on the board. But I think Pinheiro, bring him in. I mean, we're not going to get every guy on the roster. Give Randy Book some competition, make it the preseason slightly more exciting than it is um, with that kicker competition. Um, to me, that's a no-brainer. I just can't see why you would not use one of those picks on a kicker. I don't think we picked up a wide receiver yet, have we? No. no. So no. that that might be a, a shout for the late the, the last three picks. But we're still talking about eleven picks, aren't we, to kind of try and shoehorn into mm. into the squad. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, uh, we're going to leave it there. Um, that was episode fourteen of Cincinnati, and our meetup is uh, hopefully going to continue into the night. Uh, the draft is on the telly, uh, beers are being drunk, and we may have a Bengals quiz a bit later. Um, so a big thank you to everyone that's turned up uh, today at the Britain's Protection. Uh, and a big thank you to everyone who's sort of bearing with us at home. I know it's a bit of a different dynamic <laughs> with, the, uh, with the podcast, a bit more raucous than usual. They're, uh, they're all really civilised. I mean, I was expecting sort of cold cold bottles of piss to be coming up by this point. <laughs> well, let's hope. There's still time for that. <laughs> yes. Um, me and Nathan are heading back to London tomorrow morning and um, I think I think the plan is to talk about it when we get back for five, ten minutes just to wrap things up. So until then, uh, it's a big thank you and Hooday from Manchester. Hooday! And thank you to Jamie Rowe. And thank you to you, Paul Hirons. And Nathan Palmer. Thank you very much. Let's go. And, uh, yeah, thanks to you guys. Thank you so much for coming along, and thanks for listening. Uh, We'll speak to you soon. So here we are back in the sewing room. Nathan and I have made the long journey back from Manchester. It's the afternoon after the night before. Uh, Nathan, how are you feeling? I've been stuck in the car with you for 10 hours in two days, Paul, so I'm at the end of my rope, to be honest. <laughs> no, I, was, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a bit hungover. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm a bit jaded, put it that way. I thought, what do we, we do? We went on from, we watched the, the final draft picks and then we went, we managed to find a, a really nice bar, actually, didn't we? Yeah, it was a good little one, wasn't it? Downstairs in a little uh, little basement. Yeah, few, yeah. few bevies. Yeah, and then... Uh, good pizza as well, yeah. Good pizza and chips. But, um, yeah. strong. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who came out to the Britain's Protection Pub yesterday uh, to uh, watch and listen to us record Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, you just heard that and hope it translated well to listeners around the world. Um, but we just thought we'd take like 10 minutes now to wrap things up. It's, you know, it was the, obviously the tail end of the draft yesterday. Uh, we kind of spoke about it. What are you, are your thoughts changed now after sleeping on it? What are you, what are your thoughts on it? I'm very, 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 you know, meh. I think there's some good picks <laughs> in there. That's not just the hangover, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, th- I think there's some good picks in there. I think they've definitely addressed the needs that they had, yeah. which I think is the first thing to tick off. So that's good. Um, I don't necessarily think it's an amazing value crop of picks, but we're just going to have to see how it plays out. It's very, very difficult. I think like Jamie said last night, to sort of um, judge a lot of the guys sort of in rounds five to seven yeah. um, because, you know, you don't know too much about them. You wouldn't have seen too much tape. Interesting, they did draft a quarterback. Yes. 
I mean, I talked, you know, in, the, in previous podcasts saying, you know, I think they definitely will draft a quarterback. And weirdly, you know, talking to some fans last night, I was sort of like, actually, like, why would they draft a quarterback? When you've got Driscoll, you've got Barkley, you get a fourth guy in, like, who's getting the reps? There's a, yeah, fourth, it's yeah. a lot to share around with four guys. So in the end, I was quite surprised they sort of, you know, gave that uh, pick to go and get the guy from Toledo, Logan Woodside. But yeah. At least interesting, you know, whenever you draft a quarterback. Yeah, I think my take on it, I mean, there's several takes on it, actually. Headlines from this draft for the Bengals, I think. The first is that they uh, they only drafted one offense. Actually, my bold prediction almost came true. The fact they would not draft, they'd draft one offensive lineman and then they wouldn't draft another until like round five. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they drafted Billy Price. I think the consensus is that was a good solid put that they had yeah. to make, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but they didn't draft another offensive lineman until like their penultimate pick in round their second of their seventh round picks rod taylor out of mississippi rod taylor and i mean those guys right at the bottom apart from woodside i think it's quite interesting um they've just got practice squad and also you know they're never going to make the roster are they well and this is the thing we were saying about having all these picks you know you get the guys in sort of round seven and stuff and you know they're almost, I mean, especially at the end of round seven, we had those three picks at the end there. They're not almost much better than you get in the undrafted free agent crop. Yeah. There's only a few picks that separate them from not being drafted. So yeah, yeah. for them, it's very much, you know, you'll give them a chance and have the preseason, they have training camp. You know, I'm, I would say out of those three, uh, those uh, three picks in the seventh round, at most one of them, two of them might make the roster. There'll be a good few that end up on the practice squad or elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I think the interesting thing about the offensive line selection or even non-selection, you know, we t- spoke about it last night briefly in the podcast in the pub, uh, that, you know, a centre was an absolute necessity. Um, but people wanted, a lot of people wanted them to double dip. They wanted at least two offensive line yeah. picked in the first, say, three rounds. Mm. And that didn't happen. Uh, now, that says to me one of two things. One that they're relatively happy with what they've got. Mm. And two, they're very happy with Frank Pollack because they're gonna he's going to rinse every ounce of effort, talent, whatever he can get out of them, really. So yeah, we've yeah. sorted out our uh, left side of the line from centre out to left tackle. Uh, it's just now who kind of settles into that right side. I think it's probably Westerman and Fisher. Yeah. Um, but Fisher, I mean, I guess what it would tell me about looking at the draft and them sort of sitting there and not using a pick until Rod Taylor is that they must feel fairly confident about Jake Fisher's heart scare. Yeah. Because at the yeah. moment, he would be the obvious choice to start at right tackle. Yeah, yeah. Um, behind him, then it would concern me a little bit. <laughs> so they must feel fairly confident yeah. that he will be able to carry on next year. Yeah, and also let's face it, they did. I mean, the as as we're recording this, they they've announced a whole bunch of undrafted free agents, and uh, one of the ones that they've signed uh, reportedly is Desmond Harrison. Now mm. he he was quite highly rated in the offensive tackle. Yeah. So they have picked up. They will pick up. So yeah, you know yeah. he might he might add some competition in there. The, they've also signed Trayvon Henderson, the uh, safety. Yeah. Um, and a linebacker from Ohio State whose name I can't remember. I think it might be Chris Worley. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so there's some interesting free agents. Um, I like Jesse Bates in the mm. second round. I think, you know, he could be yeah, an the- interesting pick. And I think they'll push, actually, it'll be Iloka and Bates as the, the safety pairing. And they'll push Sean Williams more into that kind of nickel linebackery coverage guy yep. in the flat. That seems, so I, I liked that. I like Sam Hubbard. I like Malik Jefferson. Now, once we get to round four, the selection of Mark Walton really did surprise a lot of people. The running back seems like a bit of a Giovanni Bernard clone. Mm. Um, the more you read about him, the more you think, actually, you know what? He seems to have some potential. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, again, people were probably screaming, for offensive line, offensive line, what are you doing drafting a running back, you know? <laughs> but they did, and there's a there's a good reason. They must have had a good reason for doing it. Well, I think it's it sort of signifies the end of people like Cedric Pierman and Pac-Man Jones for the chances of them being brought back. I think... You know, when you when you take someone like Mark Walton, I mean, he might be on the sort of guy that contributes on special teams yeah, and yeah. 
stuff like that. So, I mean, and you never know, every year there's some running backs that get picked up in sort of the second, third, fourth round. There is a position that does generate a lot of injuries if someone like Mixon goes down or Giovanni yeah. Bernard goes down. So you don't really want to fall back on someone like sort of a Brian Hill. So I, I can understand the sort of need to have a bit more depth in a position yeah. like that. But I think the fact that they took a running back that early... Mm. Um, was interesting. Again, it wouldn't have sat well with a lot of Bengals fans, I don't think. But we have to trust them. We have to trust what their board was like and, yeah. and, and kind of go with it, you know. And then we had uh, in the fifth, those three fifths, where they always tend to kind of, not not always, but they, they hope to unearth a bit of a gem. Yeah, um, diamond in the rough. Yeah, uh, they selected Devontae Harris, cornerback. Andrew Brown, defensive tackle, a three-technique. He could be, I'm not saying Gino's replacement because you read his reports, he's got promise, but he's got some deficiencies as well. Yeah. Uh, but he could be could be a capable backup for Gino. Yeah. Uh, but then again, who's he going to beat out? He's got to beat Billings, isn't he? has got to beat Billings. He's got to beat Chris Baker out. Yeah. He's got to beat yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who, uh, Ryan Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's a crowded bunch. And I guess what this That's is what they're point. doing. That's they are point. adding names for competition. Yeah. Now, the back end of this draft, you know, Devontae Harris, Andrew Brown, uh, Darius Phillips, another cornerback at, at, pick 50, uh, at pick 33 in round five, who's supposed to be more of a return specialist as mm. well. Um, he's quite interesting, Darius Phillips, actually. He, I think he was here in... He was number 170 overall, the pick 170. Mm. He was in PFF's top 100 players. Oh, really? That's so they might have got a little bit of a bargain there. Mm. And then you go into Logan Woodside, been reading really good things about him. Uh, uh, got into the Mac a bit, haven't they? Western Michigan, Toledo, yeah, you yeah. know, he's going down that neck of the woods to get the players. So... I, my initial thought of that back end of the draft was like, oh, I can't get excited about this because half of these guys aren't going to make the roster. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's always been a knock on the Bengals that they, they draft, they don't draft for starters, they draft for projects. Well, and they you, draft, you do have to look again, at, you know. Yeah, but you have to look at someone like Harris. I mean, round five pick and then you've got Phillips. Do those two cornerbacks get on the roster? Because you don't really want to be cutting fifth round picks. No, that's right. Make, but then, is there enough room? Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, uh, I think Darius Phillips, I, correct, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, is slated as a bit of a slot corner. Okay. So, you know, if Denard doesn't mm. sign his contract at the end of this year. Yeah, it's true. You know, so that you can see the method in their thinking, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And of course, Devontae Harris, you know, could come in to add numbers to, you know, who's going to be, you know, Kavari Russell's going to be there. No, yeah, Adam Jones, remember. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, who knows? So, yeah, initially I was a bit like, oh, you know, Auden Tate, is Auden Tate really going to make the roster, mm. you know, in, a, in an already crowded kind of wide receiver room? Um, no kicker. Well, that's it. I know this is one of your bugbears, yeah. isn't it? What? I was fuming at the end of it. I mean, just to me, it's like Eddie Pinheiro sat there, right? Yeah. And he sat there for all of your last three picks. And now, you know, I don't know how strongly the Bengals felt about Rod Taylor, Alden Tate, Logan Woodside. But to me, it's like if we were talking about this in the car on the way back, with anything like, you know, people getting annoyed at Green Bay for taking a punter and a long snapper and stuff like that. Yeah. The thing is, those players are playing. They're in your team. They're, they're yeah. touching the football, you know. You you know, you draft a lot of these people in the seventh round and stuff, and a lot of them don't even see the field. They never even get, you know, any regular season action. I just think if someone like Pinheiro is there, you know, there is a real chance for him to make the team, and it's such a pivotal position. Why not just use one of your sevenths on him? I yeah. mean, so many people had him as, like, the top kicker in the draft or certainly the second kicker in the draft. And I just feel like, you know, give Bullock a strong competition. Like, give him someone that's fairly highly touted, and put some pressure on him. I mean, I think they have got a guy on the practice squad, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just, I'm not sure he's. But he's a soccer player, apparently. He's never played. Yeah, and I mean, you know. I don't know. I just was a little bit disappointed there because I, th I think it would have given a real good, strong competition to Randy Bullock, and it's someone yeah. that was quite yeah. highly touted with almost a throwaway pick at the end. Yeah, of the absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're going to wrap this up now because, you know, you can go around. I mean, there's going to be so many articles like grade, draft grades and all the rest of it, and people are going to be chatting this and dissecting it for ages. Um, what would you give it as a grade? I know this is a really sort of yeah, stupid thing to I do. Yeah, I mean, almost. I do you know what? I was really happy. I mean, 
whatever your arguments, whether it was a reach or whether he's the third best centre, or second best centre or whatever, Billy Price was an absolute necessity, especially when Ragnall left, uh, left for Detroit or was picked for Detroit. So I, w- it's a good, it's a good pick. And also, I think Billy Price is the most starter-friendly centre. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. good experience, so he can go in and start straight away. Yeah. Whereas Daniels, perhaps, is more of a project. Is a two or three years down the line, he's going to be amazing. But yeah, what yeah, we yeah. need someone now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm down with the Billy Price pick. I really like the Jesse Bates pick. I like the Sam Hubbard pick. I like the Malik Jefferson pick. So those first three rounds, I would I would maybe sort of give a B plus, A minus, something okay. like that. But then the back end of the draft, a C. Really? So I reckon it's a B minus, a C plus sort of grade. C plus overall? Yeah, because you just don't know what you're getting out of those that back end. This is Paul getting all negative at the end of this podcast. No, it's not negative. It's just being realistic, (laughs) I think. You know what I mean? I give it a solid B to B minus. Okay. Pretty solid. I think, like I said, they've ticked the box of positions of need. I'm not thrilled about the amount of players they had. I would have rather them trade up a bit and try and get a few. I think that's the problem. Not the problem, but it's it's like 11 players. It's like... These guys aren't gonna. No. Half of these guys aren't gonna make the roster, and no. if they do, it'll be a practice squad. And yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, we were saying last night that you know, there's always the Bengals are quite good at unearthing gems in undrafted yeah. free agency. And, and who knows, some of these might. I mean, yeah, who are yeah. we to sit here and say this? But in, this is like an initial fan reaction. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Brown might develop into a fantastic player. Mm. You know, uh, Logan Woodside, Driscoll. They might decide to cut Driscoll. Yeah. Barkley yeah, yeah, yeah. having a nightmare. Yeah. Dalton goes down injured. Mm. And you've got, by all accounts, a bit of a Dalton clone in, in many ways. You know, very yeah, accurate, yeah. not the biggest arm, but kind of cool and composed. Yeah. So, I mean, who are we to, to judge? You know what I mean? it's they We've got to trust them. And um, apart from the last two years, they've drafted pretty well, I think. Um, it's a big draft, though. You said it a couple of weeks ago. It is a very, very important draft because we're coming off a really bad season. I mean, seven and nine, I think, does last season huge justice. Well, I, th- I think occasionally we played like a five and 11 yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. Really, you know and I mean? think we need this draft to address needs. And for the first time in a long time, these players are going to have to come in and start. Yeah. Billy Price is going to have to come in and start. Jesse Bates will see the field. Um, Sam Hubbard, maybe, I think, in rotation. In rotation. Packages. Same with Malik Same Jefferson. With Malik Jefferson. Uh, well, so. Jefferson's quite interesting because what we've perfect out yeah yeah yeah. you know i know vinnie ray is probably going to start i know preston brown's going to probably start i know it's either vigil or get some time jordan evans you know but you know jefferson will see the field while perfect's out so who knows we've got ota's training camp pre-season to come um we're going to wrap this up right now once again thanks to everyone for your support over the past uh what six months or so yeah thanks to the guys that showed up at the britain's protection last night it was so great to meet everyone it was a great night last night it was it was great fun really good um and we will be doing more uh in the year more meetups in the year uh we in terms of podcast wise i think we're gonna sort of do one or two a month at the most uh, you will be hearing from us. Obviously, follow us on Twitter if you don't already at Hooday underscore UK or on Facebook uh, slash, what is it, Bengals UK on Facebook, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so, yeah, keep in touch with us. But in the meantime, um, I'm going to say goodbye now. Nathan, it's goodbye from you. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. And we'll speak to you soon. Hooday. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.